welcome to this final edition of the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer. In this series, we've shared 57 transformational personal experiences by scientists and academics, collected in the book Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experience. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences in paperback and Kindle editions. All previous episodes are still available on Red Circle or wherever you get your podcasts. In this final episode, my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Woolacott, sums up the series. Epilogue. The essays in this volume are a wonderful and varied collection of personal insights into individual STEs and their resulting transformation of individual lives. In many respects, these essays are like having an array of the most delicious chocolates on a platter and having the opportunity to sample and savor each one. As readers, we have the opportunity to explore and study these essays carefully so that we might absorb their insights, create our own understandings, and possibly implement these understandings in our own lives. In this epilogue, we have aimed to do this and hope that you will add for yourself further moments of recognition of deep truths in your own life. One first observation is that although we divided the events triggering the awakenings or spiritually transformative experiences into seven groups, this set of groupings somewhat conceals the many beautiful and subtle variations on the awakening theme. For some individuals, there were multiple subtle experiences, one cascading on top of another, and it was hard for them to distinguish the relative importance of each in the awakening process and the subsequent transformation of their worldview and their lives. The first may have been the experience of a paranormal event, such as a sense of the presence of a deceased friend. And this may have opened a door to their exploration of practices like meditation, which further shifted their worldview and accelerated the ongoing transformation in their life. For others, the awakening was like a volcano erupting, sometimes with murmurs or tremors in advance, but with the energetic fireworks that immediately transformed their worldview and their entire life course. Though we have grouped these essays according to their triggering events, the nuances within each STE described are as varied as the personalities and the backgrounds of the authors who experienced them. Yet despite their variability, each of these transformative experiences leads the individual inexorably toward the awareness of their own connection with a vaster consciousness. Each SDE softens and expands the worldview, including the egoic narrative used to interpret the boundaries of experience. And as the underlying worldview transforms, there is an increased receptivity to a variety of other SDEs. In this epilogue, we discuss some of our insights and at the same time encourage you, the reader, to explore your own insights gained through reading the essays. Events prior to the awakening. It is fascinating to see that many contributors noted that prior to their STE, they experienced a period of mental turmoil 
that seemed to motivate a search for something more meaningful in their lives. This period of turmoil was followed by their awakening or STE as either a spontaneous event or one that sometimes occurred as part of a deep commitment to spiritual practices. One person noted that he had reached a crisis in his life and decided to take a half-year retreat from the work he had been doing and devote himself wholeheartedly to self-directed study and meditation. It was after this intensive meditation practice that his awakening occurred. He says, In an instant of grace, the years of accumulated questions and yearnings opened into a joyful, sacred, and crystalline space of knowing. Another explained, I started to follow a typical musician's hedonistic lifestyle, smoking and drinking too much, surrounded by other people who did the same. As a result, I lost myself a little. After struggling for so long to connect with the core of my own being, I became disconnected from it again. And then one night in Germany, the awakening came, and it was the most powerful experience of his life. He says, I woke up in the middle of the night for no apparent reason, filled with a marvelous warm sense of well-being. The darkness seemed alive, pervaded with a powerful, harmonious force. It was the essence and the source of all things. And a third said, the sense I had of being locked in a hard shell of ego and separation intensified. The simplicity of the environment made all my defenses stand out. I felt a stranger there. More fundamentally, I felt a stranger in life, in the fragile and splendid exuberance of everything. Then suddenly, a radical change happened. One morning, I woke up in a space of pure light. It was as if a veil had fallen from my eyes. The fight with my ego of the previous days had become utterly irrelevant. I was no longer there. All around me glistened as if just created. I felt innocent like a newborn. I was not there, and yet I was more present than ever. These experiences suggest that the turmoil and chaos experienced prior to the STE may have created a crack in the individual's current worldview, opening them to the experience of the STE. The concept that turmoil can dissolve existing boundaries in an individual's worldview, allowing the light of spiritual insight in, is supported by the research of Steve Taylor, one of our contributors. He reports that among his research participants, one precursor to awakening was a state of psychological turmoil, including despair and depression. He proposes that periods of intense turmoil may trigger awakenings because the turmoil leads to a dissolving of psychological attachments, including one's self-image and their ideas concerning life and the world. As these contribute to the egoic sense of self, when this narrative begins to dissolve, it is as if the house of cards of their egoic narrative begins to collapse. It allows an opening from their deeper consciousness, 
or a broader, non-local awareness to come through that shifts them into an expansive state of consciousness. As the essays in this volume suggest, the process of awakening is associated with other factors as well, a key factor being a quiescence of the mind, which seemed to occur almost simultaneously to the STE itself. Stilling the Mind part of the awakening process. One of the themes apparent across the categories of transformative experiences was the prerequisite or accompaniment of a stilling of the narrative of the mind, consisting of the stories we create about ourselves and how we relate to the world. This stilling of the mind's narrative occurred immediately prior to or during the STE itself. For example, when examining essays in which a spiritual practice triggered the experience, one person shared, Then, in a sudden and unexpected rush, the seeking of the past six months and the concentration of the past three days finally burned a hole through the ego eye. Similarly, the STEs that occurred during the night or upon awakening in the morning were often accompanied for some time by a dissolution of this narrative. One person said, I was not there, and yet I was more present than ever. This formulation recalls that of the 19th century Victorian poet, Alfred Lord Tennyson. A kind of walking trance I have frequently had, quite up from my boyhood, when I have been all alone. This has often come upon me through repeating my own name to myself silently, till, all at once, as it were, out of the intensity of the consciousness of individuality, the individuality itself seemed to dissolve and fade away into boundless being, and this not a confused state, but the clearest of the clearest, the surest of the surest, the weirdest of the weirdest, utterly beyond words, where death was an almost laughable impossibility, the loss of personality, if so it were, seeming no extinction but the only true life. Yes, it is true there are moments when the flesh is nothing to me, when I feel and know the flesh to be the vision, God and the spiritual, the only real and true. Depend upon it, the spiritual is the real, it belongs to one more than the hand and the foot. You may tell me that my hand and my foot are only imaginary symbols of my existence. I could believe you, but you never, never can convince me that the I is not an eternal reality and that the spiritual is not the true and the real part of me. Buck, 1905. Tennyson said of his mystical experience in a letter of the prominent 19th-century physicist Professor John Tyndall, By God Almighty, there is no delusion in the matter. It is no nebulous ecstasy, but a state of transcendent wonder, associated with absolute clearness of mind. After recovering from the life-threatening circumstances associated with his NDE, another person noted the contrast between the flood of consciousness across time and space and beyond apparent selfhood that I witnessed while I was perceived by family and caregivers 
as being in deep coma. And during her experience with psychedelics, one woman expressed the absence of a verbal narrative in this way. I had a full ego death, merging and existing as non-conceptual awareness, with no subjective sense of self, no life story, nothing but consciousness. It was eternity, and there was no I to reference. A possible interpretation of these experiences is that the STE resulted in a suspension of the individual's current narrative or worldview, allowing its reified nature to become less fixed, more fluid and permeable, thus open to change. It allowed the mind, especially the brain's left hemisphere, to relax its grip on the narrative framework, enabling a view of the world through a different lens. As we discussed in the preface to this volume, the importance of stilling the egoic narrative during the awakening process is supported by neuroscientific research examining the neurocorrelates of STEs. Research on experiences of individuals in both deep states of meditation and during psilocybin experiences have confirmed that the activity in key parts of the default mode network of the brain the medial prefrontal cortex and posterior cingulate cortex, associated with our narrative thinking, is significantly reduced. Additionally, research on brain states associated with NDEs during cardiac arrest indicate that, in addition to silencing of the DMN, the entire cerebral cortex is inactive. These studies thus suggest that the self-referential activity that is the core function of the DMN and which sustains the experience of a separate sense of self is significantly reduced during deep meditation, NDEs, and the ingestion of psychedelics. This research supports the first-person accounts presented in these essays, which describe stilling of the mind, the egoic narrative, as an essential aspect of the STE. Perhaps stilling the mind makes the boundaries of the individual's worldview more dynamic, less fixed, thus creating an environment receptive and open to anomalous experiences. Subtleties in the Types of Awakenings, STEs As we examined the different STEs in this volume, we noted that a substantial number of authors reported an energetic component as a distinct aspect of the STE. For example, one person said, actually, I thought I was being electrocuted or having some kind of heart attack. It was that physical. Then the conscious energy imploded into my heart region, and I experienced myself floating to the ceiling as if drawn up by some kind of invisible metaphysical magnet. Another described this energetic component as feeling a rush of energy love emerge from my chest, the like of which I had never felt before and couldn't even imagine possible. I perceived it as a broad beam of shimmering white light, alive and beatific, gushing from my heart with incredible strength. And yet another, when I awoke, I felt waves of energy passing through me and experienced the same electrical surges. 
The energetic aspect of spiritual awakenings has been recounted for millennia, and there is a rich literature describing it in India and other Asian cultures. In India, the energy is known as the kundalini. In China, it is called qi. In Japan, it is termed ki. And by the Kung African tribesmen, the energy is called kia. In the Hebrew tradition, this vital energy is referred to as the Shekinah, while in the Christian tradition, it is referred to as the Holy Spirit. These terms refer to an aspect of the all-encompassing consciousness of the universe that is said to live within each human being, but in dormant form. In Indian philosophy, this dormant energy is considered to be awakened through the descent of grace from ultimate consciousness itself. This energetic awakening is seen as one that individuals draw to themselves at the right moment in spiritual evolution. The energy, once awakened, drives spiritual evolution toward non-dual awareness of the unity of all things. There is much that is not known about the role of energy in spiritual awakenings. What is the essential nature of the energetic awakening and its transformative dynamics within an individual's spiritual evolution? Are all awakenings driven by this energy, but simply along a continuum of intensities from very gentle to dramatic? There are different viewpoints in the varying traditions. We will let you draw your own conclusions based on these essays, your own experience, and historic knowledge of the perennial traditions. Transformation, Inner and Outer Manifestations One of the most significant parts of the awakening experience is the subsequent transformation in the individual's worldview and how this internal shift manifests outwardly in their life work and their relationships with others. William James, the father of modern psychology, describes it as a changed attitude toward life, which persists and becomes permanent. He delineates the effect of an awakening in this way, a feeling of being in a wider life than that of this world's selfish little interests, and a conviction, not merely intellectual, but as it were sensible, of the existence of an ideal power. James also observed that these changes in the inner perception of life have practical consequences, including characteristics such as increased patience and fortitude, blissful equanimity, purity, and a sense of greater clarity and tenderness toward the other creatures of the world. Another scholar, Pelutzian, suggests that spiritual transformation constitutes a change in the meaning system that a person holds as a basis for self-definition, the interpretation of life, including the overarching purposes, ultimate concerns, values, meanings, and corresponding life directions of an individual. These essays represent many examples of the varied expression of these markers mentioned by James and Palestinian of being in a wider life, and the catalyzing of an inner shift in the individual's meaning system that is their basis for self-definition, as well as an outer shift that is the direction they are inspired to follow in their life. We will discuss specific aspects of these shifts below. 
Inner Transformation Shifting Worldviews In reading the essays, it became clear that there were a number of different contributing factors to the extent and rapidity of the transformation process. The first was the strength of the person's prevailing worldview, that is, how much it dominated their conceptual reality. For example, one professor noted that he had a seemingly profound experience early in his career when he woke up one morning at 3 a.m. thinking about astrophysics and pondering the stars peeking through the night sky. Completely unexpectedly, his sense of self began gently dissolving into an experience of oneness with everything around him. He felt completely at peace and at home, and he reveled in the experience. But having no background in mysticism and strongly trained in clinical psychology, he labeled the experience as anomalous, not to be pursued. Only many years later, as he began to explore scientific evidence for psi experiences, did he understand that experience and awaken to an awareness of the existence of a greater reality. Another scientist had an NDE experience when she had a high fever as a student and lost awareness of her body. As part of the NDE, she saw a silhouette of a being of light at the end of a tunnel. Suddenly, she had the thought that she wasn't ready for whatever it was that might be about to happen and communicated to the being that she was not ready yet, and the experience ended. She says, Being the only unusual framework I had to explain the experience, I did initially wonder whether it was some sort of alien encounter. But not wanting anyone to think of me as crazy, I told no one about the experience, instead bottling it up inside for the next 10 years. Though she didn't understand the experience intellectually, Nevertheless, something shifted in her unconscious as she immediately left the university in order to travel, perhaps as a way to begin to go deeper into these insights and try to understand them. In the metaphor introduced in the preface, we liken the STE to a seed planted into the soil of our consciousness, which then begins to germinate and grow over time. We might think of the soil as the worldview that we currently hold, forming the lens through which we view the world and interpret experiences. If our worldview dismisses an experience as spurious, trivial, or even pathological, the seed of awakening will not germinate, take root, leaf out, and blossom. In many of the essays, the seed of transformation did not result in an immediate transformation. Rather, it brought the individuals over time to other experiences that eventually caused a shift in worldview, allowing the transformation process to emerge. Two other aspects of transformation that grow out of a shift in an individual's worldview are the subsequent changes in their actions, including their life work itself and also the way they approach every part of their life. Outer Transformation Shift in the Trajectory of One's Life, Work, or Career Perhaps not surprisingly, a number of scientists and academics, 41%, actually changed their career trajectory after their SDE. 
One scientist and academic noted in his essay, the impact of that experience on my work and career was not immediate, but it was profound. It opened up a perception of our existence in this vast and mysterious universe that was far from being reducible to rational models. And it brought to my awareness a large gap between the profound mystery we scientists, and especially we astrophysicists, were trying to capture in our equations and the daily reality of our academic life. The realization of the mystery was confined to the scribbles on our blackboards and completely forgotten in our daily life, where publishing, competition, and career were much more relevant concerns. Puerto Angel was the turning point of the inner process that five years later would bring me to leave the academia. To their colleagues, this abandonment of academia often seemed incomprehensible and even crazy. A woman biophysicist said, When I resigned my position at the laboratory and said goodbye to my colleagues, they just shook their heads and never wanted to see me or talk to me again. What precipitated this change in career for our essayists? Though there were different outer reasons given by various individuals, one might describe it as a deep sense that they now had a different calling that was more important to them than their previous position in what was often called a materialist culture of academia or science. A scientist in astrophysics described it in this way, but my heart was not in it anymore. I was dreaming a very different dream a dream involving nature, community, self-sufficiency, inner exploration. Every morning I went to my office and I fell asleep with my head on my desk. It was time to give up habit and security and follow the call of my heart. Though a portion of these academics and scientists shifted their life's work as a result of their awakening, Others found that, though the transformations in their worldview were radical, they were comfortable shifting their approach to their career, rather than completely altering their life's work. A researcher and clinician said this about her shift in her approach to life after her awakening. What has changed is the priority I give to my spiritual practice day to day and a better understanding of the underlying intent of that practice. I believe the intent underlying my spiritual practice is to help me remember the truth of who we are and endeavoring to manifest that truth in each moment. A professor in the humanities felt that he didn't need to shift his career after that awakening when he was a graduate student because his awakening inspired the rest of his career life. He said, Honestly, if you asked me today what that night was about, I would say that I think it was all my future books flowing into me at once at that moment. I could not understand them, of course, because I had no context for them, but they were all there, all at once, in that night. 
As an accompaniment to our invitation to write essays, we also asked individuals to respond to a short questionnaire about the shifts in their values after their spiritual awakening. In reading the essays and the responses to the questionnaires, we have the impression that for many, the transformed worldview that came from the STE was like a shift in the understanding of the heart. Something was awakened within, and it was now leading the evolution of the spirit. One scientist described it as her heart now rushing forward after this new understanding, while the head, the intellect, was simply running behind, trying to catch up. Here are some examples of the shift toward a heart-centered approach to their career. One person noted, My teaching changed to incorporate the insights from my transcendent experience and also all the reading and additional spiritual experiences I had that followed informed my teaching and research. Another noted that she added to her teaching a course for her pre-med students in complementary medicine. And a therapist and clinical psychologist said that this experience proved to him that many of the strange experiences my patients report are accurate and meaningful. And a scientist said he was trying to serve the expanding of science's scope and include self-reflection. In addition, an underlying theme for most contributors was that they became less obsessed with work. One said, I realized that my work focus was a defense mechanism. When asked about their shifts in their values and approaches to life, it became clear that the spiritual awakening had catalyzed substantial shifts in a sense of connection with others. 88% of our respondents said that they felt an increased desire to be of service to others. And 78% had an increased feeling of unity with humanity. One man said that since his awakening, it is like a veil has been lifted off and love is more deeply revealed. And within that, the notion of unconditional love has deepened and shifted. My understanding is much deeper. Our respondents also noticed an increase in their creativity, 78%, with one individual noting, I feel like I have deeper access to profound creative potential and that it can manifest spontaneously. Often, there are spontaneous eruptions of understandings, knowledge, creative poetic thinking, aesthetic experience. I am overwhelmed with it. Individuals also found that they were more able to cope with stress, 84%, had a decrease in their fear of death, 84%, and an increase in their belief in immortality, 75%. One comment about the subtlety of this change was, there was a marked awareness of that fear before awakening, and now I have a very humble recognition of its ever-presence. When asked about whether their interest in materialist goals had changed, 61% said there was a decrease, and one respondent expressed his thoughts in this way. I see great value in material things, but not ultimate value. There is less attachment, but deeper appreciation. I can deeply enjoy that materiality in the way it has presented itself in the moment, 
and not get upset when it changes. He said that it was like becoming a connoisseur of reality. Concluding Thoughts Transformation associated with STEs, like the STEs themselves, were varied and nuanced. For the most part, they were characterized by both an internal shift in worldview and an outer shift in their lived lives. The comments about transformation in values, beliefs, and approaches toward life described in these essays were very moving, and as we contemplate them, we suggest that the essayists had a deeper connection with their own inner wisdom, and with not only all humanity, but with the planet and the cosmos. It feels like they are speaking with great maturity from the deep core of their being. One essayist describes her experience of this higher way of knowing, noesis, where we intuitively become light and love and arrive at an enlarged context of reality in this way. What I saw, realized in an indescribable living way, is that the entire world, or rather being, is one, alive, vibrating, self-knowing consciousness. That experience was not an experience per se, but rather being beyond experiencing, a seeing that cannot be described in words, as it does not belong within the realm of the mind or knowing, since it is that prior to mind from which mind and understanding emerge and draw their essence. Now I understand why ancient Greek philosophers had called it agnoston, that is, beyond intellectual knowledge, and elipton, beyond concepts, hence ariton, beyond words, ineffable. What for so many years I was reading and vainly trying to grasp with the mind was alive, it was here and now, beyond mind, grasping, understanding, or words. Thus, all STEs, regardless of how they were triggered, resulted in gnosis, a higher way of knowing characterized by a sense of intrinsic oneness and interconnectedness that is beyond intellectual knowledge and ineffable. It is a seed planted in fertile soil that blossoms into a new worldview and leads to a heart-centered approach to their life and career. Professor Marjorie Woolacock, concluding this series of podcasts taken from the book Spiritual Awakenings. It's available in paperback or Kindle editions, and the entire series of podcasts forming a complete audiobook is still available for download. Thanks so much for listening.